Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Good evening, everyone. Very welcome tonight to Emmanuel with us. And why don't you stand up, turn around and say hello to some people who are sitting around you tonight. Make some people feel welcome as they come into church this evening. Let's stay on your feet. We're going to go straight into worship tonight. Just jump to your feet, everyone, if you can. Great stuff. Just wanted to, to read a verse this evening just as we, we come into worship. It's great to see so many people coming out these Sunday evenings, to see people hungry for the presence of the Lord. We, we recognize in environments like this, people are here for different reasons and in different ways. There's different experiences and feelings even that people are having at the moment. And you know, one of the things that people might be feeling even just around, just even what we're pressing into at these times is maybe even perhaps a sense of uncertainty and um, Sometimes when we press into the things of the Holy Spirit, sometimes it can feel like an, an unsafe place, perhaps to some people, because we're not sure of, of what the Spirit's doing next. And I just really wanted to read this verse just as we start into worship, just as the guys start to play. We, we want to lead into what the Spirit is doing here this evening. And I just really felt this verse just over the weekend. Some of us were down at the 24-7 gathering in Belfast. And I just really felt the Holy Spirit press this upon my heart. Jesus says this in Matthew 23. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Let me just read this again. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. I just have this sense of a picture almost of the father, that this picture, this metaphor of, of a hen as it tries to gather its brood, you know what that's it's a picture of? It's a picture of safety. It's a safe place. And it's one of the things that I just really feel that this is an invitation, a fresh invitation tonight. And there's, there's a challenge that's, that's given in this word as well. How often would I have gathered you like, like a hen would gather its, its children under its wings? The father said, this is his desire tonight. He would gather us together. This is a safe space. But he says this, he says, but you are not willing. And tonight I just want to ask, are you willing? Are you willing to engage in this space? 
Are you willing to engage in the safety of the wings and the shadow of the wings of the Father tonight? Because here's the thing, not only is this a place of safety, Psalm 63 tells us this. It says, I sing for joy. I sing for joy beneath the shadow of your wings. In this place where we be coming for safety and the shadow that's cast, well, this is a safe space, and it is tonight. You need to know that from the outset. And the willingness of entering into this, this is the place where we don't even just feel the safety of the encounter of God, but we get to experience joy and abundance tonight. And tonight I would just love us, just as we enter into worship, I would love us just to experience joy, but to express joy from the outset. This is the reason we are here, for an encounter, a fresh encounter again with the Father. And I would love if you could do it in your own way tonight, just as we start in, before the bands start to play and before I pray, just to lead in. I would love you just even as a sense of joy, to let joy start to rise in this place tonight. I would love you to start to express that with your own voice, with your own words. I would love it to start to stir and to swell in this room tonight. So why don't you start expressing your, your gratitude, your love for the Father, your gratitude for the Son and your love for the Son, your love for the Spirit tonight and for His presence. Let's just express this. Let the joy overflow in your own heart tonight. Let us start to stir in your own hearts and your lives tonight. Come on, let's move it. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. Joy overflowing. Joy in the fullest way possible. You're the joy of our heart, Father. You're the joy of our lives. And God, tonight we want to come here as your people and say we are willing. God, while this invitation is here, we say we are willing. We come, we posture, we position ourselves below the, the shelter of your wings. We recognize this is a safe space. And God, in this place, we say, God, we are here for you. Take the joy and the worship of our hearts. Father, this is for you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. And we just say, come and have your way tonight. Come and have your way. We are willing. We are so willing. God be glorified in our worship. We love you. We love you. Let's worship him tonight. Let's hold nothing back. He's the joy of our hearts. Do you know what? We've, we've a space here. We'd love to encourage you just from the outset. Let's not just wait till the end responses. We've a space here. We want to leave for worship. I would love, just as the bands start to play, this is a space for you to come and express your worship in any way. I would love you to come and start filling this space. Why don't you start moving, can we? Are we willing tonight? This is the challenge I feel of the Father. Are we willing? Let's not wait just for a, a response later on. This is us. Are we willing? This is a safe space. So just as Lee and the guys start to, to lead us, Let's go for it. Jesus, King Jesus, this is for you. Be glorified.
full part in the blood. Would you be free from your passion and pride? Come for a cleansing to Calvary's time. Run to the Savior, His arms open wide. There's a wonderful part in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working part in Jesus' blood. In Jesus' blood, there is power, power, resurrection power. In Jesus' precious blood. There is power, 
So we started, uh, we started by reading um, in Matthew 23, Jesus simply saying these words, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, he looks out 
upon the children of Israel, God's people, and he says, oh, I would love to have gathered you like a hen gathers its brood or its chicks below its wings. And you know, just feel even before we press on tonight, um, we're going to be worshiping much more later. I just really feel that um, the invitation that was given at the start, even in terms of the encounter for all of us is for the reason why we've come tonight, for the fresh encounter of God and the willingness, being able to say, are you willing? I just feel just even from the outset tonight, I just want to just give an invitation actually of the gospel to someone who's never yet accepted Jesus. I feel that in the midst of this moment of worship, where we've been singing about the resurrection power and the power of the cross, and we're singing about, oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. This is the life-giving power of Jesus. And tonight I just really feel from the outset that actually this is the significance of this moment where Jesus is saying, are you willing? Oh, how I would love to gather you. This is a safe this is a safe space and i know for some people this might seem like this is a really hard thing but if you're in the room tonight we'll give room and space for this later on but i would just love if you're in the room tonight and you feel that actually you would love to have accept jesus into your life and actually this song you would love to sing as a song for yourself tonight of actually oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow the invitation tonight is, are you willing? And if, if you're in the room tonight, Ken, this is a safe space, and tonight you've come and this would be part of your heart, you would love to accept Jesus. Could you, could you take a moment of courage and could you raise your hand tonight if that's you? Someone in the middle. The far side, is there? Sorry, someone at the far side. I see you at the back. Someone here at the front. Guys, can I ask our ministry team, if you keep your hands up for me, please, at the minute, our ministry team, there's someone over here at the back corner. If some of you want to come up, Mark, do you want to even come over? Some of the guys even want to come around with Alex here, or this guy as well. Anyone else, I just feel that this is a moment feel that this is a moment this is the invitation are you willing this is the safety of this moment for you this is life-changing but this is where you get to experience joy in the fullest way possible are you willing two people already said yes anyone else tonight before we move on just lift your hand let us see it tonight so we could pray with you So um, two people are saying a yes to Jesus at the outset of tonight. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What I would love us to do, just even as guys pray with them, um, just explain to them even about the decision that they're making at the moment. I would love us just to sing this song one more time. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Just as a, a corporate response to what's going on in the room at the moment. This is the engagement, the encounter of this. So why don't we just even proclaim and declare this over our own lives afresh. 
nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Whatever you're going through, nothing but the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood and it never loses its power. So let's, let's raise our voices and let's lift it in the room tonight. Can we do that? Precious is the flow. Father, thank you for your love. Father, thank you that you so loved the world so much that you gave your only son. Jesus, thank you that you loved us so much that in Calvary you shed your blood for us. I'm reminded of when we used to sing this when I was growing up, there was a, like another paraphrase that kind of went along with it that went something like, and the blood will never lose its power. Never, never. Jesus' blood avails of sin forever will never lose its power. And this is, while there's people here are saying yes to it for the first time, this is the reminder for all of us in the room. And the blood and the power of Jesus will never lose its power, never, over our lives. So Jesus, thank you for your power. Thank you for resurrection power, Holy Spirit, that is alive within each of us that calls us, but calls ourselves believers and followers of you, Jesus. Thank you that the power of God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive and is living and is present here in this room. Thank you for saving power. Thank you for ongoing saving power in our lives. And we just ask you, Holy Spirit, continue to minister. Continue to minister amongst us tonight. We love you, God. Why don't you just raise your voice just as a love song, just before we finish this. Why don't you just raise your voice as a love song to God. Can you raise your voice even just in thankfulness for what God is doing? Just even let's give thanks for two decisions in the room tonight of a yes to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
So yeah, Jesus, we just say we are willing. Holy Spirit, we are willing. Do what you want to do the rest of this night. We give it to you. Be glorified in these moments, we pray, Jesus. In your name alone. Amen. Amen. Just as these guys continue to be ministered to, why don't the rest of us just take our seats, can we? Just, um... Amen. Big welcome to, to, to church tonight. We don't want to just bring an end to stuff, <laughs> to what's going on and happening in the room at the moment. But if this is one of your first times with us here in Emmanuel, I just want to say a big welcome to you. You're very welcome with us here in church. Thank you for coming out tonight. Um, God has been doing some special things amongst us over the last while, and so we just are expecting for more tonight. And thank you, Father, for being here. Thank you for loving us, and thank you for showing yourself in this way. It's beautiful to see people saying yes, isn't it? More, God, more we pray. Um, so, yeah, we, we don't really know what, what to expect over these moments in this time other than we just know the love of the Father is so evident amongst us uh, and we want to press into more of it. And so we come hungry for that tonight. Just to say, um, again, you're welcome. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings tonight. I'm going to give a few announcements just about uh, our life here in church and about our church family. Um, so the baskets will go around now just to receive our tithes and offerings. If you haven't come prepared to give, please don't be pressurized in any way to do that. Just many of the people that come here on a weekly basis, they love to give in uh, to, to the unknown to the Lord. But if you'd like to do that, you can. Some people like to give by just um, contactless giving down at the back as well at the end. So you can do that, which would be great. This is my friend William. Can we pray for him tonight as well? Let's, let's stretch out your hand towards him. Father, thank you for William. Father, thank you that he's a son of God. I thank you that he's a son of yours, a son that you delight in. And Father, I just pray, God, Lord, for the treasure that you've placed within him. God, I just pray in this season, God, Lord, there will be an unlocking and a release of it, God, an increasing measure upon him. And through him, I pray, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence that he carries. Thank you for the deposit that he leaves, every room that he goes into. And I just pray, Father, God, would you increase it in these days. God, I just pray, William, I just speak over your life that this would be a season of double portion for you. I pray this would be a season of double portion over you, William. So Holy Spirit, just release gifts in abundance and freshly upon him, I pray. Thank you for him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Is it all right? Bless you, William. <clears throat> All right, so let me sorry, just get uh, the announcements here. Um, let me just rattle through a few of these for you, if we could. Um, weekly email is going out every Friday. If you'd like to get that, get onto our webpage, and at the bottom of the home screen, you'll see these boxes. Fill it in, and here, presto, you'll get the email every Friday, which includes Phil's ramble on it as well. It's not just a ramble. It's some really good things that he says, and there's words of wisdom, so get that if you can. The key dates will always be on that. We have the key November dates, which we are starting into. Um, next week is uh, Friday. brings with it the 1st of November, so there's lots of the things that are going to be going on over the next while, and uh, get those into your diaries would be great so there's hard copies of them down in the back as well um we've 
questionnaires that are going out just based on our new practices um, over, over the next while. Three of them have already gone out. Thank you for the responses you've given to those, both within the Lurgan and the Portadown churches. Uh, we would love to you to please continue to answer these and to, to fill them in. Your feedback has been so beneficial for us. Through it, there's comments that many of you are giving, and I sent an email this week with it. We have been reading them. It's not as if they've been dismissed in any way. We've been reading them. We are praying over them. We're discerning what God is saying and through it. So please continue to do it. There's one more that went out today then. The fourth one went out on compassion and justice. It went out around 3 o'clock this afternoon. So if you've got that, take the rest some stage this week to fill it out and get it back to us. Life groups, this is life group week coming up uh, within the church here in Lurgan. So if you're part of a life group, um, go along to that this week. You should be getting communication from the leaders of your groups. Be great for them. This Thursday is one of the big moments for us in terms of our engagement with our local community. We do this every Halloween night. We recognize that this is a night and a moment when darkness is celebrated and is uh, very... Um, very apparent in our society and culture on that night, but we just want to say something different. Um, it's, it's into the darkness. We just want the light of God to shine um, and to be made known. And so that night, we just want to put on a superhero party. It's an alternative. It's a night where we just want to just allow people to experience the love of God as they come into the building. We want people to, to experience it just by our, even our practice of generosity as a church, by the monies that you've given in here through tithes and offerings, we want to put on a really good party for people to be able to come to. We want to put on a fireworks display for our community to be able to come to and in it just to be able to say that Jesus loves you and they love that we've experienced. We just want to release it and give it away. So on the night, we would love you to come and bring people with you. But if you're part of our church family, we would love you just to be engaging with people and allowing people to experience what you're carrying as well on that night. So this Thursday night, 7 to 9 o'clock, fireworks at 8.30 p.m. Just to say, we're, there's probably lots of plans and stuff that are underway for health and safety and different things. Our numbers were pretty big last year, so uh, come early and uh, stick with the flow <laughs> that's happening on the night, um, and it's going to be a good one. The week, uh, or on the 16th of November, we have an event that we're going to be doing here in the church called Enthroned. It's going to be 12 hours of prayer and worship. There is a schedule right throughout the day from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. of different slots of worship and different uh, and things that are going to be prayed for. So again, this will be put out on social media, more information about it nearer the time. But just to get it into your diaries for the churches to be able to come to this, um, just to be able to pray and worship together on that day. More than ever, we need to be a people of prayer. Yeah, and so in any way and in lots of different ways, we're trying to release our creativity here. So this is another way for us to be able to pray as the church. So come along on that day as well. Then on the 22nd of November, we have an Ignite evening. Um, so this is not just for the Ignite students, while the Ignite students will all be coming along to this on that Friday the 22nd. This is open to anybody to be able to come. And on that night, our very own David Legg is going to be teaching on that evening. So as you always know, David always delivers a great word and message and just really bringing the thing of the Lord with it. So come along on that night, um, 7.30 p.m. on the 22nd of November. And then finally, just to say, we really need some volunteers. Uh, within church, particularly around kids team, crash team, and car park team. Um, so if you're a part of our church here in Lurgan, we would love you to put your shoulder to the wheel and join in with us. If you're able to, give your name down at the back or speak to some of us, it would be great. 
As, as a church, we just, we, we love to be part of a family. We've always said this that more than anything, we love to be part of a family that's on mission, that we're all on the mission of God together in our everyday lives. There are some people who are intentionally doing this in lots of different ways. Uh, and we just wanted to leave space just for a few minutes before Al comes tonight. And um, Butters is going to come uh, and just share a little bit about what he's doing at the moment in, in Craig Avon um, with, with Youth for Christ in Craig Avon. This is my good friend, Jonathan Matthews, but everyone knows him as Butters. So, uh, uh, Butters, I'm just going to pass over to you um, and let you just say what you need to say, and then we'll pray for all off the back of it, all right? Thank you. Um, I suppose the last time I was up here talking about you for Christ, we were planning this real mad event in March where we ran around uh, the Black Pass for 31 days at 5 o'clock every morning. And it's safe to say that I will never, ever do that again. Um, and if you plan a fundraiser where you're going to do that, I will throw all the money in the world at you, but I will not join you. Um, it was horrible, but it was really, really good. And I was really blown away about what God done through it. And, I mean, I could sit here and tell you stories all night of how um, we've seen God move in like, loads of different ways. Not in you for Christ, but also in the church. Um, there was one, I'll just tell to you, might as well. I've got the mic, I can do now. Um, so... Um, there was this one that we prayed every day at the bridge in Craven over in a state called Clawmine, and we prayed specifically that God would raise up someone in that estate who could reach people in that estate that we couldn't. That God would, that people would, someone would wake up with a like with a, a fresh desire for to, to know something bigger than themselves. Um, and at the end of March, I introduced a guy called Mark, and he comes here on a Sunday morning with me sometimes, and he was in organ he was involved in those organised crime in Craven mid-30s, and it was only a wee while after, whenever we became friends, I said to him, what, what changed? He goes, Butters, I literally woke up in March with a desire to change, and he was from that estate. And so, yeah, really, really beautiful story. Um, a guy who has fought addiction for 15 years is now clean off drugs, and um, loads of stuff happened in his life. Um, I was speaking at the Craig Press Chain this morning, and they said that they've had Buddhists come to faith in the past six months. Um, and so loads of really, really great things happening. But in terms of Youth for Christ, um, we have seen, we've seen seven young people come to faith. We've seen one young person who, Ross McKay, who's one of my friends and student youth worker, he went up to Ross and gave Ross a knife, right, that he'd carried with him for four years. And he just became a Christian. He goes, I don't need this, need this anymore because I find Jesus. And so, like, loads of wee stories. And one I want to share particularly before I tell you about this next mental event we're going to do. Um, so I met this guy, Paul, when I first started two years ago. He walked into the drop-in, and he started asking where the demons were. So I started tripping out him, like, holy spirit, deliver me from this. Um, and uh, he, he started asking where the demons were, and he kept asking about ghost stories and stuff. And I, I kept catching me off guard, and I was like, just go play pool. And... Um, and Mark, Mark Knox is volunteer, volunteer at the time, and Mark's like, I don't have any demon stories, but I'll tell you a story of a Jesus, of a king that heals. And Paul was like, okay, he goes, I, I want to hear this. Now, Paul um, has a very creative language, right? So he can put swear words together, don't usually go together. He's an artist, really. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, so he's proper hyper, like, and so he's really buzzing that Mark's telling him stories about Jesus. But we brought him to camp, and it was quite, uh, nervous bring him to YFC camp because he is mental and he is your like stereotypical Craig Alvin, like hood I don't like saying hood but he just 
that's what he looks like. And he gets involved in all the wrong things. But he's the most lovable and honest young person I've ever came across. He is my favourite ever. And if you're a young person I've worked with in this church before, I'm sorry, he is my favourite ever. Um, <laughs> and he came to camp and it was on a, it was, his birthday was on the Wednesday during camp. And he came running over to me and I knew there was something, there was something different in his face. And he's like, Butters, I've given my life to Jesus. And I nearly burst in tears there and then. But it's like, no, because he will slag you off the rest of your life. You cry in front of him. Um, and because he was very creative in language, he came up to me often and goes, Butters, this is the best effing birthday ever. And I was like, <laughs> we'll do the language later. And the next day, he threw me under the bus, actually. He, um, we had all our senior staff from national team down. And he walked over and unleashed this verbal diary of swear words at them for a joke. And I, at that point, I wanted to set myself on fire. <laughs> I was like, like, what center is he from? <laughs> I don't know. From more. Um, so, but all I have to say, you know, whenever God starts to move this way, I'm taking far too long. I'm going to speed up. And whenever God starts to move this way, there's always a kickback. And we really felt that. And Craig Alvin made all um, the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Um, a bomb being planted at a bus stop was on our detached route where if you drive past in the morning, you'll see young parents and their kids waiting for a bus. Um, and it was just to prove a, to prove a point, they planted that bomb there. Um, there's been loads of stuff happening in Kurgavan, um that I probably could even talk about that is heartbreaking and the stories that are heartbreaking too. Um, so we felt that as you for Christ that we need to do something about this. We need to mobilize the church somehow. Um, and I felt God, you know, whenever God told me to do the thing in March, usually when God tells you to do something, I, I, I said no because I was like, that's a stupid idea, but obviously it turned out to be really successful. And so God was like prompting me towards doing something on Halloween. And um, we, I was just like trying to just praying about it and trying to think what he wanted me to do. And he, he gave me seven specific strongholds, right, to go after. And, and based on Joshua 6. So in Joshua 6, where you've knew the story, um, I'm going to paraphrase it and do it no justice, but where the Israelites walked around the the walls of Jericho for six days, and on the seventh day, they um, done seven laps, and the walls came down. And so we feel that as um, well, see that we want to do this with the church that we are going to walk. We've already started, um, because the seventh day is Halloween, and so the idea is actually every day we're taking a stronghold. It could be addiction, abandonment, broken families, fear, hopelessness, and we're walking around Kerrgavan and we're praying against that certain stronghold. But Joshua and the people didn't bring the walls down; God did. Right. All they had to do was step out in faith. And so as we step out in faith, we're believing that God's going to bring these strongholds down that we have no power over. Um, and the reality is, like, I've only been working in Caravan and living in Caravan for two years, but I've sat with enough enough friends. It's probably getting emotional, but come on, Johnny, that is. Uh, this is a, I've sat with enough people who are coming off drugs. Um, I've sat enough hospital around the hospital beds of addicts who are struggling to stop drinking, and there people in their mid thirties with no hope. I've sat with enough parents where they um, cry about the hopelessness they feel with their kids who've had drug overdoses as young as fifteen. We have young people as young as fourteen who are drug runners for the local drug dealers. We have people, young people, religion, young people, derogation from Republican <laughs> palm trees, and we believe that actually. If we don't pray against these strongholds, then it's just going to get worse. But in this picture, right, that's all of us laying hands on Paul. And so we want more stories like Paul. Um, and so we would love as um, a church for you guys to join us. Um, and it, it's an event that's going to run 
from midday on Halloween. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to have a prayer and worship service at Kirkgavin Presbyterian. And then we're going to do seven laps of Kirkgavin while having a prayer room open throughout the day at Car Kirkgavin. And each lap, we're going to pray against the stronghold. But we're not only praying against that God will rip these strongholds down, we're praying that actually he will pour the blessing from heaven in the place of these strongholds. So we're praying against addiction. We're praying that people are connected to communities. We're going to love them and accept them for them. We're praying against abandonment. We're going to pray that people are found in Christ. And so that's the idea. And so um, if you'd love to get involved, I can't stick around after the, the service because me, me and Laura have to go. But I've left business cards at the back and I would love you to get involved. Come and walk with us. If you can't walk with us, just pray with us. Um, like last year, Jacqueline like texted me at five o'clock in March every morning to say she was praying for me. Okay, that was just as, as like that meant just as much to someone running around Caravan with me. So pray with us, join us. Um, um, yeah, get involved. Amazing. So Thursday, 31st, 12 o'clock, Presbyterian Church. All right. Midnight prayer service. So you can come here for the fireworks and then go to the prayer service. Off the back of that, all right. Stretch out your hand towards Butters, can you? Father, we just pray. Um, Father, firstly, we want to say thank you. Thank you that um, these are moments when we say your kingdom, we see it coming, we see it present amongst us. Um, God, of stories like this, we thank you, God, that this is how the enemy is overcome. We've, we've already sung it tonight by the blood of the Lamb, but by the word of testimonies. And I thank you, God, that this is actually something that takes ground for your kingdom. God, with these stories of what you're doing, stories of breakthrough in people's lives, because this raises hope. God, that actually other people can step out of it. And God, I thank you for the testimony of Butter's life. God, I thank you for what you have turned around in his life and what was meant for bad, you're now using for good, even for the saving of many lives. And God, I just want to just pray that, uh, Butters, I pray the, same upon, pray the same upon you. I pray an increase. I pray a, a doubling of what you're already carrying. I pray a doubling of it in the name of Jesus. And, uh, and I pray that... Um, the boldness that you have um, and the tenacity that you have, I just pray that there would be, there would be a measure of, uh, of strength, supernatural strength that would go along with it. Um, and God, I just pray, Lord, that you will sustain butters. God, I pray that you sustain them. Thank you for him and Laura. Thank you for their home. Thank you for their family. Thank you for their willingness to open their lives to this. And God, we just pray, God, for this, God, that we would see strongholds come down. God, in the name of Jesus, uh, we just pray that you would break down walls. Holy Spirit, that you would break down walls and that we would see your kingdom come in big ways. And so, God, we just pray your blessing fully upon him at this time. And for Youth for Christ, pray for more stories like this. Be glorified, Jesus. This is all for you. We pray in your name. Amen. Bless you, mate. Thank you. <clears throat> just, ju just as Al comes to share now, um, I should have said earlier, um, one of the things that we have on tonight um, is healing rooms. Um, we, we believe that there's the Spirit is doing stuff here. <laughs> 
Um, so we don't have to go into another room necessarily to experience that. And so we would love to really encourage you just to be part of what the Spirit's doing and even in this moment. But we have people who will, are willing to pray with you tonight if you have come specifically for prayer for healing, physical healing in any way. There was two or three words that were given at the start, words of knowledge are just where we feel the Holy Spirit is pinpointing certain conditions that people might have in the room tonight that might be present in the room tonight and we believe that there's healing for it. So um, some people have just really sent that there's some people really experiencing dizziness and that may be in different ways. It could be through, even through things like vertigo or something like that. We just feel that there's something of healing for that. Skin conditions as well. And Sharon, do you want to come and, and share this? Is that all right, Sharon? I felt another word as well. Um, yeah, the other word that I had felt was um, all day, the woman with the issue of blood um, who had suffered with like really heavy bleeding for almost um, 12 years. And I just felt tonight there could be women here and you have suffered with um, menstrual problems for a really long time and gynae problems. And you've suffered at the hands of many doctors. And I just feel like tonight to be brave enough um, to come forward for prayer tonight for those conditions. Perfect. So if you want prayer for any of that, just out in the foyer, you can, at any stage throughout tonight, you can do that. Let's, let's just pray for all, can we? Um, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for these last number of weeks. Thank you for what you've been doing. Thank you for what you've been birthing through all and what you've been burdening his heart for. And God, I just pray tonight, would you be glorified? Come Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Dave. Evening, everyone. Hope you're all doing okay. Everyone all right? Getting into rhythm for the um, with the clock change, hopefully. Um, <clears throat> I've had an amazing weekend down in Belfast um, with um, the 24-7 International Tribe. I know not many of you were, were there, but those who, of you who were will, will know it was a wonderful time. And just to encourage you, God is doing just the most remarkable things around the world at the moment. Um, things that we saw... Um, uh, Pete Gregg put it well this morning, things that we saw in the spirit 20 years ago, you know, we're now seeing with the physical eye. Yeah, um, God is doing some beautiful and marvelous things. And um, it, and sometimes, you know, when it's important for us just to kind of lift our vision, lift our eyes a little bit beyond the place where we live and the town that we're from and the nation that we're from as much as we love this place and see what God is doing around the world because it reminds us first and foremost that we're part of a global kind of family which is called the church and uh, <clears throat> and secondly it confirms that God what God is doing here he's doing in other places and um, it's been just wonderful just to be part of what the Holy Spirit is doing and how he's stirring his church and how he longs for his church back in order to reflect him beautifully um, and just uh, so um, <clears throat> so the reason that my throat's a little bit um, not great, it's because I've been shouting and dancing and praying and talking and all of that kind of stuff. So hopefully my throat will uh, kind of uh, stand up to this tonight. But I just feel about 15 minutes of stuff, I think, and then love us to respond. Is that okay? You with me? Turn to the person beside you say, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with them. Well, hopefully you're with the Lord more. All right? All right, cool. <laughs> Some of you are looking at each other going, I'm not with them at all. All right. <laughs> all right. So just a quick, a quick recap, and here's, here's, where, here's where I want to go, right? Quick recap. We've been looking at this theme, do it, do it again. Actually, anybody doing the Bible in one year? 
Put your hand up if you're doing the Bible one year, Nicky Gumbel's Bible one year. Okay, wait, three or four people. The verse for today, did you notice? Habakkuk chapter 3, our theme. Yeah? What is it again? <laughs> oh, Lord, we have heard of your deeds, yeah? Where you've heard of your mighty acts. Repeat them in our day, Lord. Yeah? Today. It was today. It's meant to be. N none of the rest of you are feeling it, but anyway. Right? We've been on this theme, do it again, Lord, in our day, basically, do it in our time, do it again. We've heard of your deeds. And so we've been trying to, throughout this series, stir up an imagination for awakening, stir up an imagination for revival, because we think that the Holy Spirit is saying that to his church at the moment. I want to renew my church. I want to call them back to my heart. I want them to prioritize my presence. And I want them to come into a place of recalibrating their hearts in such a way that I can do something through them in these days. And, um, and so we've looked at different preconditions, if that's the way to put it, preconditions for revival characteristics for revival or a revival people that we should be aware of, things that we should be leaning towards, things that we should become aware of. And so we're trying to provide a bit of a language here for us to understand the moment that we're living in. And I hope that's been helpful for you. And as well as that, we're just allowing the Holy Spirit to stir stuff. It's been wonderful to see times of response over the last number of weeks. And I suppose where we got to last week is what we've come to realize is that as we, much as we long for revival and as much as we're stirred from the stories in the past about when God really breaks in in culture and in society and awakens a people and sets his church on fire, as much as we've been inspired by the, all of that, we've come to realize that the people that are carrying revival realize, first and foremost, as much as they long for all of this stuff to happen, they come to a deep, 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 deep place of realizing that first and foremost, revival is in Jesus. Their hearts are burning with love for him. And they move beyond the place of just worshiping Jesus for what they get out of it. But they move to this place of worshiping Jesus because they love him and because he's worthy of their worship. They worship him because um, they've been so captivated by his beauty that they want to bless him. The love relationship has come so deep that there's like a purity of love that starts to develop in them where they want to give to him, not just to get from him. And so over, and, and the reality is God is a good father. He, all, he always wants to give us stuff. There's always stuff given, always stuff he's given right from the depths of who he is. You know, we, he give us his very best in Jesus. You, that in itself shows us he's holding nothing back. But there is a sense in which God, as a good father, knows what is best for us. And this is a really crucial thing to know. God knows what is best for us, and so he cannot allow us to settle for a diminished form of his love. Otherwise, he wouldn't really be love. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment, because that is actually, not because I said it, right, but that is actually really, really profound and important, right? God cannot allow you to settle for a diminished form of love. Otherwise, he wouldn't be perfect love. So he brings us into a place and he allows us to be a people who learn how to love him in the same way that he loves us in order that we might be whole and complete. And what we were saying last week is what we feel the Lord's doing amongst us as a church at the moment is teaching us, like the woman who poured the perfume over Jesus, he's teaching us how to love him and to minister onto his heart. That almost we, captive, we captivate God's heart. 
with the purity of the expression of our worship. And that's what I think God is wanting to do at the moment. And not just with two or three people, but with the whole church. He wants to teach us how to minister on this heart. And when everybody else, like they did with that woman who poured that perfume over Jesus, said, why this waste? That's not necessary. We go over and above, don't we? We want, we want to waste our time on Jesus. When everybody says it's not necessary, it's not necessary to get up in the middle of the night and go into a prayer room at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's not necessary. But we do it because something in our hearts has been awakened with a desire for the one that our heart loves. Something about the eyes of Jesus have pierced our souls so deeply that we just want to give back to him, that we want to love him, and we want to love him more, and we want to love him more even when everybody else says it's not necessary. Because that's what love does. Love isn't always necessary. <laughs> I mean, you, you can try and get by just by telling people you love them, but it's a transactional form of love. It's kind of loving them enough in the same way as they loved you. But the holiness of the love of God is always overflowing, and Jesus is inviting us into a depth of friendship and relationship with him at the moment where we learn to love him in the same way as he loved us, which is unconditional, which is no conditions, which is deep, deeper than we could know. And so I think there's something really deep happening amongst us at the moment, really, really, really deep, very, very holy. And we need to be careful that we just don't think we're just going through another series. And we need to be careful that we just don't think this is just another meeting. We need to realize that God is teaching us something really, really holy. The way the Father loves the Son. The way the Son loves the Father. Jesus is teaching us how to love him, how to be part of that kind of a love. And, um, and so it's really all at the moment about posture. Right? I know we've used that word a lot over the last number of months and years, maybe even, but our posture is so important. And I feel like we're coming into a, a period of time where this is becoming even more, impor even more important. Your, your posture towards the presence of God. And it's always been that way with God and his presence. He's always wanted his presence to rest on his people. He's always wanted to walk with his people in such a deep, deep level of friendship and unity. He's always wanted his presence to be the thing that fills and overflows out of our lives. He's always wanted to dwell amongst his people. And in Genesis, <clears throat> we read of how he, he did that with Abraham, or sorry, with Adam first and foremost, and Eve. But the problem is, even though God wanted that, and even though man enjoyed that at the start, the reality was man chose his own presence over and above God's presence, yeah? And there was a separation that happened some kind of way between God's presence and man's heart, and yet God still pursued him with his presence and tried to show him how to be a people of presence, even when Everybody else around was rebelling. We see that through Abraham and God. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. When he calls a man called Abram, he tries to show Abram's descendants, the children of Israel, when he delivers them from Egypt. He wasn't like taking them out into the wilderness to have a picnic with them, right? 
He was taking them out into the wilderness because he says, I want to dwell, dwell, dwell. <laughs> I want to be right in the midst of you. And they still didn't really get that. And then it comes to a man called David, eventually, hundreds of years later. And David kind of gets it. David becomes the one who writes most of the Psalms, who can say things like, one thing I desire, this is what I seek, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to gaze upon the beauty of his face. David would be the one who would pray, give me an undivided heart. Give me a unite my heart that I might fear your name. David would be this one who would show us that all God has ever longed for is a people who love him with everything that they have. Adam last week talked about what part of your heart does Jesus not yet have? Or what's more important? What's more important to you in that way? What's your heart tethered to more than Jesus? And as we get to David tonight, I just want to leave us with a little bit of a challenge. I want to read a passage here in a moment and say very little about it and just ask us to respond. Because David was known, if you don't know, probably do most of us, that David was known as a man after God's own heart because of his love for the presence of God. And I believe partly because of he wasn't looking God for what God could do for him. He was looking just in and of itself. He was looking God because he was loving God. <laughs> he loved God. And God loved, God had always loved David, but, but David entered into this place where he loved, loved God. He loved, he loved the heart of God. And um, it was more than, I'm going to put my trust in God because he'd get me out of this situation. Or I'm going to put my trust in God because he'd give me nice things. Or I'm going to put my trust in God because he'd give me like leadership and profile and da-da-da. David loved God because he loved God. And, um, and a lot of his success was because of the presence of God. If you read through the story of David in the Old Testament, it says that he inquired of the Lord, or he sat before the Lord, or he prayed to the Lord. And so David was a presence man. Okay, He was a presence man, and the presence brought him great success. And he got to this place where he became the king of Judah, and that's where he wrote so many of the Psalms. But there was a few times... God had to check David because he kind of got slightly out of step. And um, <clears throat> David became king of Judah. Now, that wasn't king of all of Israel because the kingdoms had split at that time. So there's a northern kingdom and there was a southern kingdom. And David was king of the southern kingdom, which was two of the tribes, not the other ten. And so he'd become king of Judah and had seen much success. But then when Saul eventually died, David was chosen to become king of all of Israel. And then David said, I don't want just this presence and, and all that it's done for me for my life. And even just for the kingdom of Judah, the southern kingdom, I want it for all of Israel. I want it for the whole nation. And, um, and so I think there's a bit of a parallel here, isn't there? Isn't this what we want for the whole nation? God has given us here in Lurgan so much success, but any of that success is only because of his presence. Yeah? It's because of his presence and his presence alone. And we haven't got everything right, but one thing we have tried to do is to continually inquire of the Lord. 
We've been a praying people. We've prioritized his presence, and we want to continue to do that. And now we want this to go to the next level. We want to see the presence of God break out right across the nation. Like David, we want to unite the nation at a time when this nation, all sorts of conversations are happening about breaking up. We want to be the ones, as the people of God, who see the nation united around the love of Jesus and his presence. Isn't that right? Are you with me? Who, who wants that? Put your hand up if you want that, right? Come on. We want that. Stay with me tonight, right? We want that. We want that, right? And this is where I want to go tonight, right? We want to see what's happening here scaled up to a level where we see the presence of God flow through the whole land. Yeah, that's what we're longing for, okay? And that's what David, I think, was longing for. There was part of his heart was genuine with that. But, so David hatches a plan. He says, the Ark of the Covenant, which is kind of in this obscure place at the minute, and the Ark of the Covenant was kind of the hot spot on the earth at that time for the presence of God. It was the place in the tabernacle that represented the most holy place where God's manifest presence came down and resided. And David says, right, we're going to make a plan, and we're going to bring the Ark of the Covenant the whole way to Jerusalem, and we're going to put it right in what we're going to call the capital city of this nation, and we want everybody to come around the presence of God, and we want the beating heart of this nation to be the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. We're going to beat with his heart, right? That was a good thing, and that was a good desire. He wanted his city to flourish in that way. It was, it was David's good desire, but it was because of this, and because God was, was giving him more responsibility and more influence which I believe he is going to start giving us and many of you in your individual lives. But I feel like there's just a little check for us tonight. And here's what it is, right? The stakes have raised. The responsibility is greater. As influence rises, so does responsibility. And David had to learn something very important about the presence of God. And let's just read the passage, and then we're going to worship after it. Thanks, work. 2 Samuel chapter 6, here's what it says. David gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David rose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits on the throne in the cherubim. Right? That's the plan. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were driving the new cart. With the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. David and all the house of Israel were making merry before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals, right? So are you with me? I need you, like, we're going to read about 20 verses here, so I really want you to stay with this passage, right? So we're at verse 5, and what we've got is David has started the journey with the Ark of the Covenant back to the center of Jerusalem because he wants to establish praise and worship there, and everybody's walking in front of it, and they've got, like, the bands going just like these guys are getting set up now, and they're in front of the Ark, and some of them are praying symbols. Maybe it was the Salvation Army were there too because there were symbols and castanets and all of that kind of stuff, right? It was great. And verse 6 says this, and when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down there because of his error, and he died there beside the ark of God. 
This is intense, isn't it? And David was angry because the Lord had burst forth against Uzzah, and that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Right? So David's like, this guy put his hand towards the ark of the covenant. He struck down dead. David's like, how can I cope with this thing? I had this great plan to put the presence of God right back in the center of Jerusalem. And now this is what's happened. Oh my goodness, how can the ark come to me? We're going to have to put it somewhere else for three months until we learn how to handle the presence of God. And it goes into this man's house called Obed-Edom, who obviously does know how to handle the presence of God, because his house gets blessed for three months. The grass never grew grew greener. The plants flourished. His business, if he had one, probably flourished. Can you imagine his marriage in those three months? Obed-Edom's marriage, his relationship with his kids. Can you imagine how he taught them how to hear the Ark of the Covenants in the front room, whatever you do, <laughs> right? Just don't go into that room. Or if, and if you do, make sure you go in like with care. Make sure you posture yourself really appropriately. And it was told, let's keep going, it was told to King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of the Lord. And so David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. David got jealous for the blessing, holy jealousy, for the blessing that was on Obed-Edom. And he's like, right, we have to go back and get this thing. But in those three months, God must have done something with David's heart. And when he... When those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fatted animal. Get that. Every six steps, they had another sacrifice. Sounds like David's learned his lesson. Every six steps, another sacrifice. Let's just make sure that we are in awe and postured properly towards the presence of God. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. And so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. And the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought the ark of the Lord and they set it in its place and inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And distributing among all the people, the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed, each to his own house. And David returned to his household. But Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to David and said, How has the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself before the eyes of his servants and female servants as one of the vulgar, shameless fellows uncovers himself? And David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord, and I will make merry before the Lord, and I will make myself 
yet more contemptible or even more undignified than this, that I will be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom we have spoken, by them I shall be held in honor. David had learned how to posture himself before the presence of God and had set him free. So much so that he was like dancing about, which looked like a madman to everybody else. But he'd been set free from himself so that he could be all that God created him to be. And so what I want us to think about tonight as we respond to the Lord and as we press into this revival theme together and as we learn how to be people that minister to the house of the Lord and as we long for the overflow of what God's doing here to spill out to the nation, the kind of challenging question that comes to us as the sense of responsibility rises and as, sorry, as the sense of influence rises, so does the sense of responsibility. And therefore, we're, we're leveled, if you like, with this question. How can the ark come to me? What if it does start here? I don't know if it will. But what if it what if people do travel here? What if people do get in planes and pay money to come here because God has burst the dam here so that his presence can flow? What if what if it does? How can the ark come to me? And so the challenge is, I think, for us as a people, the invitation of the Lord tonight is, can you go even lower? Can you go e even lower? Can you die a little bit more? Can you give, can you give up even more? Can you lay down your life even more? Because as the influence rises, as it goes higher, can you go lower? Can we go lower? Can we go even lower for the glory of God to come? Because you see, the thing about it was, some of us will, who know the story will know. It said in that passage that the Ark of the Covenant was being carried on a cart. And that's why it went to touch it, because it went to fall. And those of you who know a little bit more of your Bible will know that it was never supposed to be on a cart. Because when you read about the Ark of the Covenant back in Exodus, it says there's like little ringlets on the edge of it. What were the ringlets for? What, what was to go through the ringlets? Poles. Poles were to go through the ringlets. So that the, I can't remember how many there are. Some scholar will tell me later, right? Or somebody's going to Google it right now. All right? But little, little rings at the edge of the Ark of the Covenant. So a pole could go down one side and a pole could go down the other side. So, so, so what then? So that they postured themselves around the presence of God. They carried the presence of God. It was the priority. Not us parading the presence of God. Not us saying, this is our thing and we're going to do with it what we want to do with it. No, it's all about the presence and we're going to posture ourselves. Like we're going to posture ourselves 
to make sure that when the presence wants to rest in us, that it's not us kind of looking down and like having a theological conversation or a theoretical conversation or branding it or sticking our name in it or making it something it's not. But no, God, when you're coming, we, we, we're going to like posture ourselves in such a way that we can carry your presence, the weight of your presence in such a way that we can see life come to the places all around us. That's what's happening in this place, right? Just, just like become aware of the fact, right? If two people or three people, whatever, have given their life to Jesus this week, that didn't happen last week. God's moving. The stories that Johnny has told us about what's happening in the middle of our city. Let's wake up to the reality. I know we are, but I just want us. I just want us to make sure we we realize what's going on here. The influence is rising. The responsibility is therefore rising. So can we go even lower? Can we go even lower? Can we posture ourselves before the Lord so that we can carry his presence into the world and the city around us? Let's not legitimize it for our own name. I think there was a wee bit of David that wanted to kind of use God to prop up his own kind of agenda for his kingdom. Sometimes it's like, you see it sometimes in like in speeches, and I'm not judging people's motives, but you know, like the Oscar speeches or things like that, you know, it's like, it's kind of cool sometimes to throw God into things, you know? God bless you all, you know, because I've just won this accolade. That's us parading. We'll just parade the presence, but it's kind of all, everybody can look at us. And we can parade the presence. We'll parade the ark. And just bring it in the cart. But no, 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 no. God says, no, I can't let that happen. <laughs> can't let that happen. And so can we posture ourselves, guys, as a church, as a people? <laughs> the invitation is to the beauty of the presence. And the result, here's the result, right? Dave started off talking about joy. Here's the result. The result is not some pious, overly religious no fun, kind of like squeeze all the life out of the place, kind of like boring religion. The result is, I, I, mean, this, I mean this really reverently, the result is like David's like, you know, just like pulling his clothes off and running around rejoicing in Jesus and God. He's free, he's freer than he's ever been. And it's actually the religious that can't cope with that because they haven't been set free. Because they're conforming to religion, not being set free by the Spirit to become all that God's called them to be. And this is what we see in David. I'm going to become even more undignified than this. <laughs> and Michael represents the religious who look at it and despise it. And religion will make you spiritually barren. You're not bare fruit. You just call everybody else to conform. And God saying, no, no, I want you to birth fruit, yeah, and it's just, um, it's just so wonderful to be part of what God's doing, guys, it's so wonderful to be part of what the Spirit's doing amongst us, and, uh, and I, I just want to be yes and amen to all of that, but, but as he does more and more, I'm like, God, this is beautiful, this is beautiful, how can, how can the ark come, how can the ark come to us, we just want to go low, we want to go low, so that you can go higher. And so I, I don't want to say any more tonight. 
I just want to continue to ask us to respond as a people. Just to go low. Just to go even lower. Just to make sure that we're postured in our hearts before the Lord. He's inviting you into a depth, a new level of freedom. And here's the amazing thing, is God did what he did in David's life. Israel entered into revival. They are the days that they still talk about in Israel today. The glory days. The days of Israel, the days of David and the days of Solomon. That was the revival. That was the main revival that ever happened in Israel's history. Because God got the heart of a king, a man of influence. And he learned how to steward and posture himself before the presence of God. And what if, guys, what if God is calling us as his people to steward something in this nation? And so, I believe he is, by the way. That's my hunch. I believe he is calling us to steward something in this nation. And it's a privilege to do it together as a family. And so I just want to invite you tonight. Let's just... um. Just continue to posture ourselves before the Lord. It's all about our posture. It's all about the shape of our spirit, just bent towards the Lord. And, and as he does, as we do that, beautiful things will start happening all around us. And so in response to that, I'm just going to invite you. Let's, um, let's, let's stand. Can we stand? We're going to sing a song, but more than even just sing tonight, we want to do that. I just want to encourage you to come. Uh, you can come into the center here. You can just um, you can just get into the aisles. You can lie on the floor at the back. But whatever going low looks like for you tonight, going lower, just want to love to encourage you to to respond to the Lord tonight. Let's be a people. Just let's be that kind of people. So let me just pray. And then let's just start responding. And if you feel you want to come out of your seat, that would be a brilliant idea, I think, if you want to respond to this. And so Holy Spirit, we we just we thank you that you're here, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your great love, God. We thank you for your grace, God. We thank you, Lord, like David, Lord. Everything, Lord, that has been good in our lives has all come from you, God. Lord, we attribute any of our fruitfulness, any of our effectiveness in your kingdom, Lord, any any favor on our lives, we attribute it all to you like, like David had for so many times, oh God. But God, in these days where we realize the stakes are raising, and influence is rising. God, we want to take responsibility, God, to position ourselves right before you. And so, God, we ask you in these moments, we ask you to help us to take up even your invitation to decrease so that you can increase, oh God. Come, Lord Jesus, let your presence rest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So just as a band player, let's just respond to the Lord. Maybe lead us in song. Let's just respond. Let's see what the Lord does as we respond.
just as we do that, there might be one or two things that are just going on in life that are very obvious kind of things for you that you know that the Holy Spirit is just inviting you to give to Him so that you can be free tonight. Just things that have just taken the place of, of Jesus in your life and the affection of His heart. You're getting your love from somewhere else tonight. And Jesus wants you just to bring that to Him tonight. And there's, there's others of us that might not be, there might not be anything obvious, but we, we just know that God is on things at the moment and we just want to make sure we're right and we're in that place to help steward what he's doing. So let's respond and let's sing tonight. Come Lord Jesus. Dark and cold too. Where our Lord. 
going to continue to sing this song because I think this is actually what we really need to see to see Jesus again yeah? our eyes to be open and um, I just I feel like some people here like David you see the thing with David was he'd become over familiar with the presence of God yeah become he'd known it in his life and he'd become so over familiar with it if that's the way to put it that he started to treat it with a sense of convenience yeah and I just, I just feel like there's some people here, and um, and that's, it's just got, you've got, it's got a bit, it's got a bit tired, and, and I just feel tonight the Lord just wants to captivate your heart like He had to do with David again, just about the beauty of His presence, and I think, I think you need to respond tonight, <laughs> if that's you, um, and uh, and that's a really good thing to do, a really courageous thing, just an invitation from the Lord, and. You know, in that regard, I'm, I'm responding as well. Maybe some of us that have never really known, we've, 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 we've been around, people have talked about the presence of God, but we've never really known that. And if, you, if, 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 um, if that's you tonight, I want to encourage you to come forward and just, as we, as we sing this song o o over our lives, that the Lord would help us to see Him again. Let's continue to respond tonight. Alex was just saying to me, there feels like there's people that, you know, also feel like that grace isn't enough for them. Yeah, that you know, they feel like what they have done or where they are, the lie of the enemy has told them that they can't engage with this. And the Lord would say to you that it's an invitation tonight to come, to come, to come and feast of his presence. And and even again, some of us who have never put our trust in Jesus, just to say again, there's an opportunity here tonight to come to know him as Savior and the Lord and to know his life-giving presence coming into our hearts. Yeah. So let's continue just to lean into this for a little bit more before we um before we close now, let's sing this song. And if you need to respond just to the, that sense of becoming over familiar with the presence of God, just, let's just come out and believe the Lord to start speaking to us and soften our hearts tonight, all right? And open the eyes of heart, Lord. Would you open the eyes of my heart? 
yeah, we're, we're not going to prolong tonight. I just feel that before we finish tonight, I feel that there's a moment. I said this at the start. I felt that this was the word of the Father to us, that this is a safe space for encounter and engagement tonight. And I think some of the things that Al's been pressing into with this word tonight is actually, it's, it's something that maybe pushes us out of our comfort zone in a little while, in a little way, but yet this posture, this posture of making ourselves low, to be able to, in, a, in an honorable way, steward the presence of God, I feel that it is something we need to grow more and more increasingly comfortable with in these days. And just when we're worshiping, when just kneeling on the ground, I, I would love us if we could just to finish with that All Heal King Jesus song again, if we could, Steve. Because there was a song, there was a verse and a line in it. It said, let us join with all of heaven. So it said, come by before the King of Kings and let us join with all of heaven. Because here's the reality. There's worship that's going on around the throne 24-7. There's worship happening right now around the throne 24-7, and there's elders that are casting crowns before the throne, and they're all bowing down before King Jesus tonight in heaven. And we have an opportunity. This is the whole point. When the presence of God comes and breaks out amongst us, and heaven comes on earth, and we say, God, let your will be done on earth as in heaven. This is part of what is happening in heaven. People are kneeing, bowing the knee before King Jesus. And in these days... I, this is something that I need to tell myself. This is not something that becomes more of an unusual thing. It becomes a normative thing that is part of when we get before King Jesus, we kneel in his presence. One of the words that's used for worship is the word barak, and it means to kneel. And I would love us, just before we finish tonight, if we're going to be a people that want to prioritize the presence, we would need to practice the presence, and this is part of our practice. We kneel before the king. And... Uh, before we finish, I would just love us to be able to do it. Paul says this to the church in Ephesians, or in Ephesus, sorry, in the book of Ephesians. He said there was a plan in Ephesians 3. There was a plan that was kept hidden throughout the ages. That through the church, through us, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known before the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That's the fallen angels right in the face of the enemy himself. This enemy that tried to ask Jesus, he said to Jesus, you bow down and you worship me. We have an option of bowing the knee before someone. We worship someone and something. And tonight I would just love us to finish. I would love to encourage you just to join with us. This is the safety of this space. And if you are able to, I would love you just to come with us just as we conclude this meeting. This is a celebration of victory tonight. It's a celebration of Jesus, your king of our lives. There's stacks of space. If you're, guys, if some of you have come up. I'd love you to come into the middle if you could, just to create and leave space for other people. If you could, just come move to the front, Adam. If you guys could start moving forward just so there's space in the aisles. If you guys are here, move on up to the front. I would love to invite you just before we finish. I would love us to bow the knee before King Jesus. His presence is here. His saving power is here. We're about to sing a song where we say, let us join with all of heaven. Let us join. With, because this is happening on earth as it is in heaven. This is happening right now around the throne. Jesus said, whatever you bind 
whatever you loose here on earth is loosed in the heavens. I would love our worship that we loose it right now. Let it loose and be present in the heavens right now. So people still coming. Guys, let's keep moving up to the front again. There's stacks of space up here. If you're able to even just on your aisles, if you're able to your seats, if there's space at it. Just one more time just to worship King Jesus tonight. He is so worthy of it all. Still more space, guys, if you want to come up. King Jesus, this is all for you. We worship the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus.
Why don't you let your own love song rise tonight just as we finish things off. Just let your own love song rise to the King. Your words and your song rise to King Jesus. To you and you
just feel um, I just feel I can't come tonight without without saying this and it's it's a challenge do you know I, I just personally I, I find it um, much easier to kneel tonight and to sing all hail King Jesus and to sing I surrender all but it's more difficult tomorrow when I when I go through the normal things of a daily life I, I just feel there's a challenge tonight for us not to be over familiar the fact that we carry the Lord's presence in every relationship tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and I just feel challenged tonight Lord will you help me to bow the knee tomorrow when somebody speaks to me in the wrong way will you help me to bow the knee to you when I'm maybe tempted to do something that isn't terribly bad but I know doesn't really please you but nobody sees me I just feel tonight there is a real challenge and a real call to obedience and living day and daily carrying the presence of the Lord on the poles and not becoming over familiar with the fact that God the Holy Spirit dwells within us because we have believed in the Son just feel tonight there's a there's that challenge to me not to be over familiar but to live in the fear of the Lord not not being afraid of God he's our father and he loves us dearly but just to have regard for what he wants how he wants us to live how he wants us to react how he wants us to speak to those we love the most. Young people, how he wants you to honor your parents. This is where the rubber hits the road. It's living it out in our relationships and in how we do our work. And I just... I just feel I have that picture of often been over familiar with the with the ark and it's just a wee picture to me how sometimes I can be over familiar and I say oh Lord you're always with me you never leave me how I can quote that but sometimes I don't let it really grip me so that I I act and react in a way that pleases the Lord so I just ask us to take that little challenge. It's a challenge to my heart. And I ask you to take it in love. And tomorrow, have that picture that as you carry the presence of Jesus, that you want to carry it the way 
God wants you to in the bowls and not be over familiar with his presence. It says in Acts, I'm not sure of the chapter, but it says that the church of God became stronger. Right? Those that believed, you know, they became strong because they lived in the fear of the Lord. So, we're going to leave it there. I'm just going to pray over us. But just just before you break state, just, I just want you to hear something tonight. Just as I started off, this kind of thing is happening at the minute around the world. Wherever God's church is flourishing at the moment, there's times like this happening. There is repentance. There is travailing. There is wailing. There is deep, holy, consecrated moments because God has taken the attention of men and women and cool brands and brilliant speakers and nice coffee. God has taken it off all the stuff and he's wanting to get what he is due, which is the glory and through that his people. And so... So I'm saying that to say that not every service at the minute is going to end with a sort of swinging from the chandeliers, okay? As good as that is when that happens, right? Services and times together are going to end, <laughs> I think, in the days ahead with moments like this, moments of holy consecration. And all that was just shared there about Monday to Friday can't happen just by your own willpower it can only happen through the help of the spirit of god and so the spirit of god is helping us decrease at the moment to give us the strength by his spirit to become more like jesus that's what he's doing at the moment that's why he's calling us to bow because he wants to give us more of himself to enable us to look more like jesus and so lord as we bend our hearts so god as we bow our hearts, as we bow our knees, as we posture our spirits to relinquish control of our lives, to say, Spirit of the living God, come and fill us afresh. Come and cause us to repentance. Come and cause us, O oh God, to give up, Lord, our own power so your power can come through us. We ask you, Spirit of the living God, consecrate our hearts, O oh God. Set them apart because tomorrow, God, you want to do great things amongst your people. And so consecrate our hearts, O oh God. Consecrate our hearts this week, we pray. Make us a holy people pure and holy unto you for your glory. Lord, we thank you that days will come and days are coming where we will become even more undignified. Lord, when people will enter into our churches and our environments, oh God, and they will get set free. But Lord, we know you're doing something in us, oh God, so that you can do something mighty through us. We give our hearts to you tonight. Consecrate us, oh God. Consecrate our hearts. Come, Spirit of the living God. Let us be living temples in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you tonight. Thanks for being here. And we're going to continue on our theme over the next wee while. We'll let you know that. Have a great week. If you'd like us to pray for you for anything, we'd love to do that. Particularly if you're struggling in the area of your mind tonight. Love to pray for you here if you'd like us to. That would be great.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.